Hey everybody, Chris here. Just a quick note before we get started. Pretty much as soon as Nate and I got off the call from recording this episode about three months ago, it occurred to me that we had forgotten one of the big terms that gets thrown around a lot. I hear it in the climbing community often. I've said it myself. There's a good chance you've said it too. We don't talk about it here. There are probably a lot of other terms we don't talk about, and I'd love to know what they are. So after this episode, if you don't hear some terms that you're not a big fan of, find us on the Instagram at Power Company Climbing. Find the post about this episode and let us know what you think the big one is and if there are terms that you didn't hear you wish we would have talked about. All right, let's get into it. What's up, everybody? I'm your host, Chris Hampton. And this is Nate Drolet. And together we form Merriam-Webster. Yes. Oh, I see what you did there. Yeah. <laughs> because we're talking terms. Merriam-Webster, obviously the dictionary people. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about terms, climbing terms that we aren't big fans of. Yeah. Um, what sparked this? I think this is your topic, right? Oh, is it? I don't, yeah. Uh, probably. It, I think it, it was, I'm sure it was something on Instagram, if I was guessing. Um. Was it, was it my post about, should we say, um, breaking the beta or fixing the beta? Oh, that's right. Yeah. You know, I think it was about that same time, like. You know, there was that phrase and there was another one that had been kind of bothering me for a while. Um, and I think they, I think they had both been just kind of stewing for a while. And so yeah. this uh, kind of came out of that. Well, and I think, you know, we've all kind of had to reconsider our language quite a bit over the past, you know, six, eight months, which I think is a, a good thing. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we want to make this community a more inclusive place we want to make it a place that's feels safe for people we want it to be a place where you can grow and flourish and language is a huge part of that so you know i think considering your language on a pretty regular basis is a smart play yeah you know and it's i completely agree and it's one of those things that you know language updates with time and that's totally normal Um, yeah you know, that's just kind of how we do things. And I, you know, I think that climbing can use that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It doesn't have to just be a, a good old boys club. You know, it should grow with the times. Um, were yeah. there, were there things that qualifiers for you that you thought about when coming up with these phrases that you aren't a big fan of? Like, do they, do they all fit into a specific place or are we, are we just like, I just don't like this phrase because I just don't like it. Like I personally hate the phrase day flash, you know? It, yeah. No, I, uh, I, I don't have, I don't think I have really any of those. Um, mostly these are things that, uh, words that I think just carry more meaning. Yeah. Um, though I will say on day flashes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I recent, like, recently climbed on something that I hadn't been on in like a decade or it had been nine years. Yeah. I can say Alzheimer's on site is now a thing. Like I, I could see it. <laughs> you know, I, I remember I climbed with Porter years ago. He's like, you can't claim those until you're over 40. He's like, so I can claim them all the time. <laughs> and, uh, man, I was shocked. I couldn't remember a thing. Like, yep. I was like, huh, I guess this is it. Like, yeah, just enough climbing on like different areas. And yep. You know, went back to this thing. I had climbed on quite a few times and just nothing. Yeah, there are times when I've climbed a boulder or a route, and then I get to the top and I'm like, I think I've climbed this before. Like I don't <laughs> I'm pretty sure I remember this moment, 
but I didn't remember anything leading up to it. So I'll accept yeah. that. And I'll accept your day flashes out there, people, even though it's not actually a thing. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I sort of had the same criteria, you know, things that carry weight or could be harmful in some way or another, depending on who's hearing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think okay. it's before we even start with the terms, I think it's it, maybe it's important to mention that, you know, it's unlikely that any of these terms are going to change because of this podcast. You know, they're they're going yeah. to persist. Um, it's up to us, the people who are using them to decide whether we keep using them or not. And and that means that it's also up to us to change our relationship with these words or phrases and, and thus our reactions, you know, like a lot of these words, uh, pretty much all of the phrases that I came up with are things that don't bother me. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind them when they're said, but I can see where, where some people would be bothered by them. So I try not to use them, um, but they don't yeah. affect my okay. psychology necessarily. Interesting. Cool. Wait, man, I'm uh, excited to hear what you got. Yeah. So you first. This this was your topic. So. Hit okay. Me. Um. So for me, the first one is soft. Mm-hmm. Um, calling a grade soft, and, I mean, my like so to say that a climb is soft, it means that it's like low end, for that grade, um, which makes sense. It like, generally speaking. You know, if you're like, oh, I climbed this 12B, but it was a really hard 12B, you know, like that makes sense to say. And if something's hard, the opposite being soft also makes sense. Um, but it's just tough because there's so much connotation around like the word soft, like. Yeah. And man, it, you know, like I'll use an example. Like, I think it can just, it ends up detracting from rock climbs um, when something is like, let's say soft for a grade, suddenly people stop looking at it as like, oh, this is a climb that just happens to be in the bottom end of that grade spectrum that we all just decide that we made up and sort of agree on, but not really. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But because it's soft, like you don't, you don't want to be, you know, you don't want to be seen as soft by climbing on a soft boulder. Right. Like, so like, I know there are so many good climbs that get avoided because they are low end in the grade. And like, you don't want to be seen as someone who like chases soft climbs. Like a good example, um, is God's own stone in the red river gorge. Yeah. So Phenomenal it's rock climb. amazing rock climb. And it was put up as 14 a. And I remember when I first moved to the red river gorge, I'd open up the guidebook and the description was something like, you know, bring your tendons of steel and test yourself against this incredible crimp test piece going up the middle of this brilliant gold panel. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, what a what a way to describe a rock climb. Yeah. You hear that, you're like, I got to do it now. Like, no question. Um, but what ended up happening was a handful of children ended up coming and doing it. Yeah. Who, and- who are crushers, by the way. Thank you. So I was going to bring that up. Absolute crushers. Yeah. Funny thing that no one ever like went back and revisited. So a lot of children did it. Many of them Olympians uh, now. (laughs) Yes. So to list some of them, we have Drew Ruana, Margot Hayes, Brooke Rabatou, Ashima Shiriyashi, like, and then the two Horst brothers. Yeah. All of these people are monsters. Like they're so like, Yes, there was a small like three year period where a bunch of children did this rock climb and suddenly it was like, oh, it must be like wicked soft because all these kids did it. But it, you know, it'd be like if a 14 year old Jimmy Webb flashed your V10 project and you're like, well, it can't be that hard if a 14 year old flashed it. Right. You know, and then 10 years later, you're like, oh, wait, never mind. He's the greatest flasher to like ever walk the earth. Maybe it was still V10. Yeah, Um, all of all of those kids also did swing line most of them on the same trip yeah and and swing line holds it's like it's stout grade you know yeah so 
Uh, but yeah, and so all these kids did it. All these future elites that weren't yet in their final forms came out and did this rock climb. Um, it got called soft and suddenly like it was one of those things that it went from being like really popular to like no one doing it. Yeah. Like, you, you know, if you were climbing on it, you were seen as, you know, someone who was just trying to find a gimme and man, it's such a shame. And like, and I, I fell for this, like, cause when they did it, I wasn't strong enough to have a run at it. And when I was, I like just kind of didn't cause I like, you know, it was the same thing. I was like, Oh, I'm going to go get on some real, real five fourteens, you know, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I finally did try it, I, man, I just kicked myself. I was like, you idiot. Like this thing's incredible. Yeah. Like I should have climbed on this the second I was strong enough. Um, but yeah, I didn't just simply because of, you know, the calling it soft, like, and not wanting to be soft myself. Um, you know, and that's like, it's a shame because a lot of rock climbs lose out to that, but like a lot of people, like, you know, it, it, it's also just, I feel like sometimes people use it as a put down on others. Like I've definitely heard this where like, someone's like, Oh, you know, I just did my first 12 a and you know, people will be like, Oh, which one was it? And they're like, Oh, that one's soft. Yeah. And it's like, <clears throat> you know, it's just like, man, like one, it doesn't matter. Like 12 a is 12 a like, and especially like the longer you've been climbing, the longer you, the more you realize like grades are really, really inconsistent. Like the grade of V eight to me is somewhere between V six and V 10. Yeah. Like, yeah, absolutely. And sometimes so, even outside that range. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you know, there's just such a spectrum and it's just, I don't, I don't know. It's just kind of understood. Like, and that's fine. Like, it's just going to be that way. Some things are going to fit you. Some things aren't. Um, but yeah, so for me soft, like just because it has such a negative connotation, I'm not a fan of it. Um, you know, it, I think it kind of pigeonholes people into, you know, they may be like, oh, I really want to climb V9, but I don't want to climb a soft one. So they go out and they like beat their heads against a bunch of really hard V9s and they like miss out on this great opportunity for like progressively getting better and like continually testing themselves. Instead, they have to like jump a step and, uh, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Like it, I think it really can stunt your growth as a climber. Absolutely. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just, I don't know. I don't think it's a great way to, uh, describe something. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think the, you know, for me, soft doesn't bother me when people say, oh, that's soft. I'm like, cool. Show me another soft one so I can do it too. You know? Yeah. Um, but but I do definitely wish that there wasn't this negative connotation or that people didn't disparage other climbers. You know, if you might feel that thing was soft, but so what? Keep that feeling to yourself, you know? You mm-hmm. know, you think it was soft because you did it too. So what's the problem with someone else doing it? it yeah. I think that whole like... I'm going to put you down to make myself feel bigger is, is a very strange way to exist. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of it. I've done it. Um, for sure. You know, I, those those people had it coming. What's that? (laughs) I said, yeah, but those people had it coming. (laughs) Maybe so. (laughs) Um, but I see it, like, I look at those words very logically. Like, yeah, of course it's soft. There's hard, there's soft. There's a range, yeah. you know? So I do sometimes forget that it has a negative connotation. and um, But I also struggle to come up with a better descriptor. Like, is there is there a better way to say it, do you think? Uh, You know, I like in short terms it's like maybe not like a lot of times i'll say like man that's a really great entry level 12c yeah and you know i've tried entry level i've tried low in the grade they all end up having this like weird reaction so i think this is one of those that we have to we have to like understand that that word's not going anywhere whether we wish it did or not Mm -hmm. and and our reaction to it is something that we can control so 
So it's one of those things we have to learn to come to grips with to some degree. Yeah. As well you know, as not it, using it. I could use it less for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I definitely fall into using it. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think kind of putting it into perspective, try not to like take it seriously. Like, you know, if like, if you were like hanging out with someone and you're like, Oh, did you see Alex Magos just climbed a new V 16? And they're like, yeah, but it's a soft one. You'd be like, <laughs> yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's V 16. Yeah. Whatever. Like, yeah, like it wouldn't even matter. It's just like that is such in a like it's like it's an accomplishment, whatever it is. And like, that's a great one. And it's like it should be the same thing if you're just like, oh, man, like, you know, so and so just did a V6. And if someone's like, oh, well, it's a soft one. It's like, well, it's, it's OK. Like that is just saying it's like V6.2. Who cares? Like, you know, mm-hmm. what do you think about things that are called soft because, I mean, almost across the board, consensus is that they aren't actually that great. For whatever reason, whether it's new beta has been found, new techniques have been developed, whatever, that has been determined to not actually be that great. Depends how my scorecards look in that year. <laughs> Same year. <laughs> yeah. Am I on vacation right now? Like, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, it's tough. Like, cause that's, I mean, grades in general, like, and this is kind of where so hard. I think this stems from with soft is like just talking about grades as such this like hard, complicated thing. And that like, I would love to be able to be like, Oh, like, you know, for me, like, you know, that thing I did, it feels like 14 B. Like I know a lot of people call it 14 a, like to me, that's 14 B. And like, that should be just as okay as someone saying like, you know, yeah. And that feels like 13 D to me. And like, we should be able to have that conversation and discuss like, oh, I use this beta, you use that. And there should be no like emotional attachment to these numbers and letters that we have. But man, that's easier said than done. Yeah, it's the whole argument of, you know, if you if you want to look at something scientifically, you don't take it personal. And Mm -hmm. and I try not to take grades personal. You know, I have goals attached to grades and I'm going to feel emotions about those but I understand that they all exist on a spectrum that's going to feel different for me versus you versus other partners and other people. Yeah. It's complicated. You know, I have, I have sandbagged listed on my list as a word I don't like, um, for similar reasons. You know, I think that we very often use that word as a, as an excuse for not having a technique or or not being good at a specific technique or not having found the beta or or whatever mm-hmm. we just automatically say oh that's sandbagged you know when in reality yeah. somebody who knows that technique really well might find it to be right on right on par yeah <clears throat> yeah you know i don't think i ever uh, told you this but whenever i read the hard truth um I kind of decided, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick a chapter and that's going to be like my takeaway. Um, and you had one, I can't remember if it's the title, but it, maybe it had sandbag in the title. Uh, but it was basically, to me, the, my takeaway from that chapter was sandbags don't exist. Yeah. Like, And so what I just tried to instill with this mo- was this mindset of anytime I'd be like, man, this thing's like fucked up or this is super sandbagged. I would like have that be like a, a giant green flag that went up. It was just like, okay, this is it. Like, you know, this is what I'm spending my time on now. Like I thought this like, you know, pink slopey V six in the corner was really sandbagged. Like I'm doing it every day now. Yeah. Oh, you know, and that's actually something that I've like stuck with since reading that book is like, I always have one, like I'm climbing down in the gym in Houston right now. And I always pick one boulder where as I'm going through, like, I'll say like, okay, like, man, this feels just messed up in like every, you know, for the next like two months until I find the next one every day. It's part of my warm up circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, just with this mindset of like sandbags don't exist. Like that is, you know, it's something on my part. Like I'm clearly lacking something here. Um, you know, in worst case scenario, even if it 
was a little tough. Like, cool, I'm only going to get better. Like, it's highlighting something regardless. Yeah, and... You know, and that's basically what I say in that chapter. And actually, I've gotten some pushback on that chapter from a couple of different people just, and I'm like, well, you know, that's fine. Feel, feel hurt by it and examine why you feel hurt, you know? Mm -hmm. Of course, sandbags exist. Of course, they're out there, you know? But there really aren't that many. And I hear the word constantly. Um, More often, it's, you know, look at let's look at the World Cup with the the Japanese couldn't do the hand jams. Mm-hmm. You know, if if you had told Tomoa the grade of that boulder, you know, he would not have believed you. He'd have been like, "No way, sandbagged." You know, yeah. But it was just a technique, Maybe especially that in that were, moment. Yeah, exactly. Like. Oh, there's this is impossible. They were all like, "How the hell do you climb this?" And then Adam Andra's like, "Oh, five eleven crack climbing, great." Yeah, and yeah, it's just a case of you didn't have access to the right techniques at that moment, you know. Mm-hmm. And and very often that ends up being the case. There are lots of things I climb on where I'm like, "Oh, whoa, that's that's way harder than I expected that grade to feel." Why? You know, what am I missing? Am I missing beta? Am I missing a technique? Am I, did I just not sleep well last night? And before I call it a sandbag, let me see what's going on. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, something I've definitely, like I've been fortunate enough to be able to travel a lot with climbing. And that's kind of one thing you always hear is like everyone's areas is sandbagged kind of. Yeah. Every area. They're all sandbagged. Every area. (laughs) <laughs> ever is sandbagged unless it's your own area and then you're like nah it's it's pretty chill around here it's soft i don't know it's soft um yeah or it's like <clears throat> your rival area yeah you know yep um but yeah like it's one of those things that and when i would first go to new areas like the first my first like few days in yosemite of bouldering i was like man like i didn't think it was sandbagged but man it uh boulders weren't falling down easy for me right like I think it took me like three days to do backer cracker. Yeah. But then, you know, I had, once I was there for like two weeks, suddenly I was like climbing V nine within like, you know, 10, 15 minutes, like regularly of all different types of styles. And I was like, okay, cool. Like it was just a style thing. Like I just needed to understand how to move on this type of granite on this type of polish, you know, on these types of formations. Mm -hmm. Um, And so had I left after, you know, three days, of being on the backer cracker. Like I would have told you like this place is horribly sandbagged. Um, and you know, inclimbable, but it was just a matter of, I didn't know enough yet. Like I hadn't learned enough. Um, and I think that's true of a lot of places. Like, you know, anytime you go somewhere new, like you go to rifle your first two weeks, you're going to be awful. Like you're going to get pumped on everything. And then all of a sudden you'll be like, Oh, I have to double up all the warmups cause I don't get, pumped i don't even start to get pumped or warm by doing them once anymore yeah Um, so yeah i think you you know i think sandbag is definitely uh it's an easy cop out that a lot of us can fall into whenever we find a puzzle that's a little too challenging for what we think it should be yeah and i think it it also leads people to steer clear of those boulders or roots you know the things that are supposedly sandbagged you know i've had so many people be like oh i don't want to get on that it's it's got this reputation and i'm like you're you will crush that you're you have the skill necessary to do that you know the people who said it was said it was you know crazy hard didn't have the same skill set you do so and and it just steers people away yeah, it, it that always cracks me up whenever, you know, like I'll talk with someone and be like, hey, have you climbed on that 12C yet? It's incredible. And people will be like, oh, well, I hear it's super sandbagged. And it's like, you climb 13D, like you're going to be fine. <laughs> like, yeah, it doesn't matter if it's like 12C plus, like, uh, you, yeah, you're just go do it. Like, yeah. But yeah, and it's funny, it, like it can carry so much weight. But um. <laughs> <laughs> calling something sandbagged. 
Yeah, totally. Uh, so yeah, that's a good one. What else uh, you got there? All right, uh, next one, number chaser. Hmm. Interesting. I didn't even yeah. think about that, but I like it. Yeah, like so. I come from a track and field background where we were literally chasing numbers. Yeah. Like that's just what you that's what you did. Like, and that's every sport ever. Like any CGS sport, like track field, anything that's like measured in centigrams or mm-hmm. yeah, meters, grams, seconds. Um, yeah, you were literally chasing numbers and that's just like what you do. Like you aim to get better. And I think in climbing, that's like, that's fine. If you want to chase numbers, if you want to get better in that sense, like there's just this kind of weird, like, Oh, you're not appreciating the sport the right way. If you do that. Right. Um, I don't know. Like, uh, <clears throat> I'm not really into that whole mindset. Like, you know, if you're just like really psyched on saying, Hey, I want to try and get to V10 in two years. Cool, man. Like, get after it go hard like you know when that ha- like if you hit that and then you're suddenly like man i want to do every amazing climb v7 through v10 that i skipped over to get here i'd be like cool i'm completely behind that too like you know maybe that's more my preference or what i would have recommended but shoot like i think one of the biggest rules in climbing is like do what gets you psyched yeah like there are people who do a lot of like wrong things as far as like like i had you know i had a friend uh, when i was in chattanooga she hated climbing in the gym just man she just loved climbing outside didn't want to train in the gym sure i went through a long period of that yeah and a lot of people are like you're in the south like you can't get stronger like that like it's going to be it's not going to work she became a total crusher like yeah pretty quickly too like you know but that's just what she was excited about so she just climbed through all the heinous like 90 degree days and yeah just kept getting better because she was excited about it yeah um so, so yeah that's one for me number chasers mm-hmm. like it i don't know like, I, I i'm see that, not a fan of it i see that term thrown around too in like a, a derogatory way so often without any sort of background information you know if someone asks what do i have to do to climb my first v7 then immediately there are going to be comments well first you have to stop number chasing yeah you know how else would you like me to ask you this question what do i need to do to reach the next level of self-improvement in my climbing you know we we use the numbers as our system of gauging difficulty so what the fuck else are you supposed to to delineate it with you know it just doesn't it doesn't make any fucking sense to have somebody use the system we've set up and then say oh you shouldn't shouldn't pay attention to that system you know it's it's ridiculous yeah like you know it's you know, it's like how uh, on one hand you can say you're the best climber is the one having the most fun. But at the same time, the best climber is Adam Andra, and he does not look like he's having any fun at all. He didn't in those recent ever. videos at all of Perfecto no, Mundo. him trying Perfecto Mundo, there was no fun. No, he didn't enjoy that but shit he's the at all. Best. No. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah and that's like, and we praise that. Like, we look at Adam Adam Andra, Alex Magos, like we look at these guys who do have like frustrating days and like may not always be having the most fun, but we're just like, man, like they put in the work and like they get these huge numbers, like both have climbed 15 D like, you know, I don't hear anyone getting an Adam Andra's face, calling him a number chaser. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's totally silly. You know, I set number goals. Absolutely. I do. That's, that's my way of using our measurement system you know but but ultimately those goals are those numbers are just representational of my own self-improvement and in in a large in every case i can think of that's what they are you know whether the focus becomes that number because it is a representation of self-improvement or not isn't something you can guess by looking at their numbers or you know, hearing them ask questions or, 
nine times out of 10, 99.9 times out of 100, it's going to be a representation of their own self-improvement. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good one. That's a yeah. good one. Number chasing is horrible. <clears throat> horrible term. Um, All right, so what do you got? I don't like the word unsend. Oh, uh, I hadn't even thought about that, but yeah, proceed. Yeah, it's it almost, it's like saying you never accomplished this thing in the first place. Yeah. And there is no, there is no accomplishment that if we don't practice it, we'll be able to repeat over and over and over forever perfectly. It just doesn't, life doesn't work that way. So yeah. if you did a rock climb and then, you know, maybe it was at your absolute limit and you can't even repeat it the next day. Maybe it's something you haven't been to in 10 years and you don't remember the beta. Mm -hmm. Getting on it and not sending it first try really doesn't say anything about yeah. your, your achievements. Nothing. So, so using the word unsend to me is ridiculous. You know, I'll, I'll, I use it in a fun way because it doesn't bother me, but it's, it's a word I don't use very often. I might say, oh, I'm purposely going to unsend this now, you know, just to, yeah. just to be very pointed about this is meaningless. I'm going to get on yeah. this and do it a new way. I'm going to get on this and try to remember the beta. I'm going to, you know, whatever. It's it's a rock climb and it's part of my next step in my improvement or it's part of me having fun or whatever, but it is not related to a previous achievement at all. Yeah. Yeah, I you know, I think that's a good one. And it's I had this conversation with you a while ago like rock climbing such a funny thing in that people don't ever want to try themselves against old achievements or it's incredibly rare to like, yeah, you know, I like, I think I was telling you, man, I think it'd be cool. Like if I had a chance to like go back to Kentucky, like when I was climbing in the red, I had a really high level of endurance. And at one point I was like, that'd be really cool to try and resend the mother load. Yeah. Like I've already, <clears throat> I mean, I haven't done all of it. I've got two climbs left, but like, it'd be really cool to go back, try and resend the entire cave, like, you know, reclimb the entire undertow. Like, and I would probably fall on quite a few of them, like through the process, which is fine. But, you know, I've never gone back and said like, Oh, like I projected, you know, Omaha beach for eight days. I'm going to go back and spend three days to repeat it. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's no reason I couldn't. And there's no reason I, there isn't still more for me to gain from that. Like, it's so funny to me that we kind of just do something once and leave it. Like, you know, if you were a musician, like how strange would that be to like learn a new piece of music and then immediately be like, okay, next. Like, uh, I played it once. We're good. Um, right. I don't want to unplay it. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. Are, do, does any other sport vocation skill use that type of terminology? I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. I've never heard it. But yeah, it's a, it's such a funny <laughs> thing with climbing. Like, and, you know, and I, I get it. If you live somewhere like the Frank and Yura, where you have <clears throat> a nearly infinite number of rock climbs, like, sure, you don't need to go back and repeat. Though I will say, uh, Alex Magos and Dickie Korb both have routes that they go and repeat. I remember reading an article. Uh, yeah. Magos was trying to overtake him. He had like a 13C. His coach had a 13C. He had done some triple digit number of times yep. for fitness. And Magos had a 14A that he had was closing in on him with. Yep. Um, but yeah, and I, you know, I don't think either of them were ever concerned with unsending a rock climb. Right. Like, you know, they're just trying to get better and this is a tool for it. Yep. Yeah, it's not a thing to be afraid of. Trying something yeah. after you've already done it is not a thing you need to worry about. You should just do it. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, honestly, give yourself some slack sometimes. Like, because yeah. I'll get back on things sometimes. And, like, 
more than anything, <clears throat> sometimes I'm just really impressed. I'm like, God, like Nathan from seven years ago did this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Man, I really had some beta dialed in. I tried really hard. Like I was like, you know, just checking every box I could. And, you know, coming back, I like to think I'm just a much better climber now, but it always gives me some respect of like, man, I like, I really wanted it then. Like, you know, with some of these climbs, like I really fought for things and it shows me how much tenacity really like, you know, levels you up in a playing field. Like I can't, mm-hmm. it's something that this many years later, I can't go up and just like comfortably do. Like I have to, I still have to try and I still have to like really care to do a lot of these things. Yeah. And I think we, you know, you have to keep in perspective where you're at in your climbing. Like I'm not going to go out and, and do the long endurance routes nearly as easily as I used to. I have a completely yeah. different skill set now. So, mm-hmm. you know, and it's the skill set I want. So I'm totally content with, you know, I was in the red last year for Rocktoberfest and I went out with Scott, one of my long-term clients, and he was working on the force. And the force mm. was a warm-up for me when I was working on yeah. swing line. And I've done the force more than any other 513. Um, well, that may not be true now. I might have done Cal Reggae more. But, but I've done the force dozens and dozens of times. And getting on it again, I knew I was going to fall. Yeah. Like, oh man, I, I haven't climbed anything longer than 15 feet long in over a year. So I'm going to fall off now, you know? <laughs> and that was totally fine. You know, I, I went up, I fought, I almost made it to the chains and was really surprised by that. Like, oh, this new skill set that I have with zero endurance almost got me to the top of this thing that at one time I had to project when I had lots of endurance, you know? Yeah. And, you know, so I unsent it. So what? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Ain't no thing. Yep. All, All right. right. I like that one. All right. Uh, oh my God. Um, you know, this is one I actually don't hear too much or as much anymore, but I used to hear a lot. Um, just the phrase, I feel light. Mm-hmm. Like when warming up, and I used to use it all the time, like when warming up, like when you feel really good, it was just this like, I don't know, it was a phrase like everyone I like started, like kind of climbed around forever would always say like, oh man, I feel really light today. Yeah. Um, you know, and just like I, at some point, like I used to just have like not the greatest relationship like with my weight and how it influenced my performance. And so now like I just try and say like, man, I feel strong today. Like yeah. or I feel powerful today. <clears throat> uh, you know, and this isn't like, yeah, one that has to be super elaborated on, but you know, I just think little things like that, like just putting the right mindset of like, oh, like I feel strong and strong is something like I get from the work I put in, like kind of reinforcing the even just like little phrases like that, I think can go a long way. Yeah, I agree. And and you're right. That, that is one I haven't heard as much recently as I used to. And that's maybe an indication that we're moving in the right direction, but it's also an easy one to to say better you know like you said i feel strong i feel powerful i feel snappy Mm -hmm. you know whatever it is make it more about the work you've put in less about just what you what you're carrying that day you know we're we're going to change day to day so what you still need to go there and put in the effort um yeah you know and and honestly if you do feel light whatever that means it's more than likely because you feel strong. So why not just Mm -hmm. say what you actually mean? Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Um, here's another one that may be a short conversation and this is more a, a case of misusing a phrase um, but it can have some some side effects, and that's just the word "did." Um, I think okay. it, I think it needs to be clarified a lot of the time yeah. in climbing. Like, oh, I went and did this such and such today. Yeah, especially what? with a big wall multi pitch. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that, what does did mean? You know, I went and did this V8 today. Does that mean I went and tried this V8? Does it mean I went and mm -hmm. sent this V8? Does it mean I went and, you know, touched the holds of this V8 and got to the top once? Um, you know, I think we just have to be honest about what it is we're doing and maybe be a little more descriptive sometimes because a lot of us, whether we like it or not, are emotionally tied up in this, in climbing. You know, a lot yeah. of our self-worth is tied into it. And saying that you did something that you just went out and checked out and, oh, I got to the top of this 512 today. I fell a lot. You know, I took it every bolt, whatever that lets the the person know who's been working really hard to get to that level that that their work has been worth something mm -hmm. whereas if you just said oh, i went and did this 512 today that that person your friend whoever who's been putting in all the work and sees that you haven't thinks oh they can just flippantly go do 512 with you know, being a brand new climber, not having worked for it, nothing, and I'm working so hard. You know, both people in that situation need to work on their relationship to it. But I think mm -hmm. we can alleviate a lot of that by by being a little more descriptive of what we're doing when we're outside, when we're trying things. Yeah. Or in the gym, yeah. for that matter. Totally. Yeah, and it's it's one of those things I didn't <clears throat> realize that I did like when someone says like, Oh, I did this. Like if we're talking about a sport climb, I assume that means you lead climbed it cleanly from ground to anchors. Yeah. You know, with no falls, like that is just my assumption. Yep. Um, yeah. And that's like, and that is how I like kind of heard it used forever. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people who use it in other ways don't mean it. Like it's not like they're trying to be misleading, but to them, like maybe their goal was to do it on top rope and they did it. Like, right. or maybe their goal was to just summit the thing by any means yep. and they did it. And you that's know? totally and that's, fine. Totally. Man, that's awesome. Like, you know, I think about like, oh, <clears throat> like I got up to the top of the route today, like managed to clip all the clips on my own. Like, yeah, I fell like 40 times, but like I clipped all the clips, did all the moves, like huge win. That's awesome. You know, maybe in a big projecting, like in a big project, um, that's like a big day for you. You know, but it's important to be like to explain what that is. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Because a lot of especially a lot of new climbers don't know the lingo, you know. So mm -hmm. if if we as the more experienced climbers, instead of just saying, Oh, I did this thing, maybe we're a little more descriptive about it, then the newer climbers start learning to be more descriptive as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and maybe like I think it can also give you more appreciation for a process too, like mm -hmm. discussing that. Like I know earlier when I started climbing, like there was always this thing of it was almost taboo to talk about a climb before you sent it. You definitely never posted a photo of you. <laughs> yeah, totally. Man, that was like the thing, like, oh, you would never post a photo of you on a boulder or a route that you had not yet sent. Oh yeah. Like people would did, get pissed if photos got published of them without having done it. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Like if it was in a guidebook or in a magazine of someone who hadn't done something yet, like unless it was like Chris Sharma on like some huge project that everyone in the world knew about, like yeah. you didn't post photos of things you hadn't done, you know? And like, same thing, you kind of didn't talk about them. Like, I don't know. It was just, uh, it was this weird, like taboo thing. Um, which, I, you know, I think is silly. Like I'm all about Same. like, yeah, you know, talk about the process. Like, oh, like I went up at bolt to bolt today. Like it was awesome. Like I made it to the top. Sick. You know, if like you, if you heard like if me as a beginner had heard, you know, like a 514 climber say that like, oh, I'm psyched. I did all the moves today. I would be like, oh, cool. That's like a thing. Like right. I didn't know that that was a thing you would shoot for. I just assume <clears throat> like you probably did everything or like, I don't know. Like I didn't know other people struggle on things other than me. Yep. 
Mm. Totally. All right. Um, so I, my next one is kind of the one we both had mentioned already, uh, but break the beta. Yep. And I'll add, um, I'll add approved beta to that as well. Same conversation. Yes. Indeed. Like, exactly. And that's, like, kind of what I was going <clears> to <throat> circle around to. Like, uh, you know, and I, I don't think it's, like, the worst phrase ever. But it's just one of those things of, like, to say you broke the beta is working under the assumption that there is one method. Right. One and there never way. is. Yeah. One, yes, that there's a correct way and that you managed to do it a different way. Like, most things, even in the gym, are set for multiple methods. Like, outdoors there's just no such thing as like the way like even the most pure simple rock climbs very rarely have identical beta for different people right um so yeah and it like i think my thing against it is like it kind of yeah like if you're assuming that there's an intended beta then like you've already stepped back from the idea of problem solving i think mm-hmm. yeah because right? yeah agree. like that's what that's what it is like everyone everyone's different like shoot you're different every day like you know what might have worked for you last week like you come in this week and like maybe you're gonna have to find something slightly different oh yeah are you breaking your own beta at that point Mm -hmm. like you know it yeah it's just one of those things i think climbing is just this amazing problem solving puzzle solving kind of sport like it's so cerebral and so physical combined and yeah it's like i don't like the to me the idea that there's like one fixed way to do it and that doing anything else is like breaking that is uh i don't know it's just a big assumption yeah i agree and you know that's a that's another one of those phrases that i and i do use this phrase occasionally um i'll use it without the idea that there is a correct method, you know? Hmm. Um, It's just words, and I don't take the words that seriously. But since having several conversations about this phrase, I've I've changed my mind, and I just, I don't think I'll use the phrase unless it slips out, and then I'll likely backtrack immediately, you know? Um, There are just too many alternative betas to feel like there's one fixed way. Um, I don't know if you've paid attention on Instagram, but there's been all this uh, conversation between um, Alex Magos and Nale and uh, Carlo Traversi got involved in it today a little bit about doing things the original way, like the approved way to get the credit Hmm. or whatever. Um, Interesting. Magos first talked about it on Story of Two Worlds and Nale jumped in. And then today, Carlo made a great post about uh, doing Dominator. He, He says in the post, I just really wanted to do it the original way because I thought that move was really interesting. I probably could have done the heel hook beta quickly, but mm-hmm. I didn't want to. I didn't even want to try it. I wanted to do this move. And it took me over a thousand tries to stick this move. Oh, wow. But that's the way I wanted to do it. Um, and I thought his post was great. And then several people in the comments made allusions to the idea that, well, it doesn't count if you do it the other way. And I'm like, hmm. No, that that's not true at all. Maybe it just means that the people who do it the other way figured out better beta, you know? Yeah. Certainly better for them. And maybe it could have been better for Jerry when Jerry did it, you know? Who knows? Yeah. So yeah. Hmm. the whole idea of approved beta or breaking beta is just kind of silly. I've I've sessioned so many boulders at this point where there are five different methods being done by five different people, you know. All we yeah. all have slight differences. We all have slight str- different strengths and weaknesses and ultimately climbing is a game of compensation. Like mm-hmm. this 
you know, you might think, oh, this is an extreme crimp boulder. And I'm like, no, I'm going to half crimp all those things, you know? Yeah. Because I can compensate with that. Or it might be this hard heel hook move and I'm going to find a toe hook that works because that's how I compensate in that situation. And it doesn't mean, doesn't mean I don't get credit for doing the rock climb, you know? Yeah, Who's, you know, and I think it would even take away some, like, the idea of everyone having to do the same thing. Like, yeah, totally. To me, that's what's, I mean, that's why, like, in climbing, so many people can be successful of so, like, you know, with different body types, mindsets, things like that. Like, because, you know, like, how ridiculous would that be if we said, I don't know, Alex Puccio had to climb, like, Daniel Woods or, like, Jimmy Webb or, like, what if Dave Graham had to climb like Jimmy Webb? Like right. that would be awful. We would have like, you know. Yeah, like, we never would have had the style that all these different people bring to the game. Yeah, and they've all contributed so much in their own way. And, you know, I think they've fed off of each other a lot as well. Like, you know, and what a shame that would be to miss out like on all these unique different styles and approaches. Like you know, I remember like when Margot Hayes really like exploded onto the scene, like at least on a more global scale by climbing 515, suddenly everyone was like, oh, I got to get more mobile. Like I got to do more yeah. stretching. Yeah. Like, cause she has like, not only is she flexible, which is a thing that's been around forever, but like she's so strong and so good at using these positions that she can get into yep. that it's like, oh, she like, yeah, she changed things. Like I remember like like uh, Daniel Woods, like a few months later, had a post of him like trying to get in like a front split. Like he's mm-hmm. like, oh, here's my progress so far on it. And, you know, and same thing, like Adam Andre definitely brought that about as well, like being more mobile. Um, yeah. And what a shame that would be if everyone tried to fit into a single box. Yeah, totally. I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it would be a much more monochromatic sport instead of the colorful one that it is. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. It would um, be it would be compulsory gymnastics, which which is the most boring part of gymnastics that exists. Everybody wants to watch optionals. Nobody wants to watch compulsory routines where everyone does the exact same routine. You know? Yeah. We want to watch people exhibit their own flair and you know, express themselves. And we do that often through style and through the, through the beta that we use because we're good at those things. So should keep it. Yeah. It, yeah. Agreed. Um, so yeah, breaking the beta, that was mine. You have another one. I've got one more and it's something I've talked about on the podcast before. It was actually brought up in the Uh, Brown Girls Climb episode that I recorded at the park here in Lander, and that's just the word beaner. Um, Hmm. You know, using it, it's a word that we often use. It often just comes out of our mouths as short for carabiner, but but it's a derogatory term. Um, Yeah. You know, if there are Mexican climbers nearby who hear it and are offended by it, it's your responsibility to, to try not to offend other people. Yes, it, it seemed like a harmless word, but just because something seems harmless doesn't mean we should keep doing it. Um, yeah. It is harmful to them. So trying to take those types of words uh, out of our vocabulary, I think, is a smart thing to do. Yeah. No, I... I completely agree. You know, it's like what we talked about at the start of this podcast, like words change with time. Like there are plenty of words we use now that are, you know, may just be normal parts of our phrases. And just because of context of history, like maybe they get uh, appropriated by certain groups. Um, You know, we may just immediately stop using them. Um, Yep. And yeah, like that, you know, there are a lot of words that I'm completely fine dropping because of the connotation that comes with them. You know, I think this one makes sense. Like, just say carabiner. Like, that's easy. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's the last one I had. Do you have any others? Uh, so I don't, but uh, I also wrote, wrote down two of my f- 
fra- two phrases that I do like hearing. Mm, okay. Um, so I'll have a fun one first. That's just real quick. This one's from Whitney Boland. It's uh, the moot point. Yeah. And uh, whenever you're trying to red point and you don't hit a high point, that's just a moot point. Yep. Yeah, um, I've heard her use that actually. Yeah, I like that phrase. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so the other one is actually from Roland Chen from the original um, Position Over Everything mm. episode. And he said that whenever he started getting stuck on problems, he tell, told himself, he was like, okay, like the phrase I'm going to start using is, I don't understand. Mm. So rather than like making up these excuses, rather than, you know, just like, I, this doesn't fit me, I'm not strong enough, anything is just, he wanted his default to be, I don't understand this. What can I do to understand? Yeah. Um, and I just really like that. Like, I remember, like, I was in the room when y'all were recording. This was back when I was, like, wasn't as comfortable behind a microphone. And I remember just listening and being like, man, that's, like, that's what I want to do. Like, that's something that I think we could all benefit from. Like, you know, when you hit a point when you just get stopped and say, like, okay, I don't understand. Like, what's next? Yeah, it's such a smart way to go about it and to lead yourself into wanting to understand more and to improve and get better. Um, actually Zach, who I've talked about in, I think I mentioned him in this podcast. That's probably the phrase I hear him say most often when we're climbing together. Mm. Um, because I use techniques that are wildly different than his very often, most often using a tow hook in some way. And all the time he's like, I just don't get it. I don't understand it, <laughs> you know, and he'll, he'll try it and still not understand it until eventually he does, you know, and that's probably one of the phrases most often used in the machine shop. And, mm. and I, and that's something I'm pretty proud of having created an atmosphere in there or helped create an atmosphere in there that, that does promote learning and the process and digging in and bettering yourself. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think ultimately that's what a lot of these terms that we're talking about, you know, they, they can detract from that experience for, for the person receiving that word. Um, So it's, so it's up to both you as the receiver of the word and us as the people speaking the words to make sure that we're creating a, an atmosphere that's more potent for learning and betterment and empowerment rather than just trying to be derogatory. Though I do totally. love, I do love being derogatory. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, like if you can set up a good environment, like for success, like a lot of things just take care of themselves. Yep. Like that's, you know, I feel super fortunate early on in my climbing. I climbed with a lot of guys who were just, you know, they just had like a lot of kind of faith in the process. And so if I would like fall and try some, you know, if I try something fall and be like, oh, that feels like in my mind, I might be like, man, that feels heinous. If they're like, hey, that looks close. Like keep trying, you know, suddenly it's like, okay, cool. Like, yeah, let's do it. Um, And they could have easily just like not said anything or been like, man, that looked hard, especially for a really soft boulder. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, like I just broke just the beta they, on that soft boulder that you unsent yesterday. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, they just, you know, like words are powerful. Like, and even if we don't want them to be, they are like, yeah, and they affect us. And so like, you know, if you can, especially if you climb with a crew or if you have a specific partner, like, you know, using words that like kind of empower each other. Like, I think that goes such a long way. Yep. Absolutely. Agreed. Uh, anything else you want to say on it? Uh, actually, yeah. One last phrase. I'll be quick on this. It's uh, one that I've had to start using is just in with sport climbing is like that scares me or I'm scared. Because mm-hmm. um, I, man, I just kind of kept getting into this trap of like, I'd get to a clip and it's like, oh man, it's like I'm at the third bolt. Like this draws at my hip and like it's a hard clip. You know, and it would be so easy for me to not say the obvious. 
Yeah. And instead I would say like, oh, this is stupid. I don't like where this bolt, like that's a dumb bolt placement. Like, mm-hmm. oh, this is a tweaky hold. And I would just make this long list of excuses instead of just being like, you know, just saying to my Blair, like, man, like that's just kind of scary. And like by switching to that, which is like what I've kind of done over the last year, like more often than not, my Blair's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, you know, do you want to take a practice fall or do you want to like stick clip through practice, like clipping, do whatever you need. And like, we kind of, instead of me having this list of reasons why this, you know, this rock climb sucks, like all these things and like going through this kind of spiral immediately, we go to problem solving of like, okay, yeah, like that makes sense. It's scary. You're close to the ground and you're high above a bolt. Like let's work through it. And then it no longer is this like huge emotional thing. It's just, okay. Like, we have the problem. Let's find a solution. Yeah, exactly, man. I, I say I'm scared all the time. And very often I'll be like, you know, especially bouldering recently. You know, for instance, there's a, a V7 on this boulder that Zach's been projecting on. And I'll warm up on parts of the V7 and then I'll do the whole thing. And the top of the V7 is terrifying. Every single time I've ever done it, I'm scared up there. It's it's glassy. It's insecure. I feel like I'm going <laughs> to fall every single time. It's way off the ground. And every time I'm like, I jump off the first time. And I'm like, oh, God, that's scary. Okay, yeah. I'm going to do it now. And I'm like, stay under me. Can I stack more pads over here? You know? <laughs> I want to make it as safe as possible because it's terrifying. You know, meanwhile, Zach can just run up it as the first thing he does of the day. He just pushes right through and he's dialing it in. And, And it would be very easy for me to go, okay, I need to pretend I'm not scared. And I need to, you know, go up there and be brave. But in my opinion, it's more brave to just say, I'm scared. That's the fact. Can I have can you be under me to spot me, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's a good one. That's a phrase I don't hear often enough that, that we should just make more commonplace. Yeah. Like there's nothing natural about like tying into a skinny piece of rope and like (laughs) going climbing up the side of the cliff. Like your brain is not built for that. Like having fear is normal. That's totally okay. And like, you know, for me, like it, yeah, there was just this like kind of weird thing, especially like I never heard stronger climbers talk about it. And so like, I just never would, but like, yeah, I was like, man, you know, yeah, I still get scared. Like even when I'm in like good shape and can climb 514, like I can still get scared on 512. Yeah, absolutely. And the more I'm just open about it, the more I realize like, oh, that's common and that's okay. And like, there are a lot of ways we can work around this. And it's like, yeah, you just see it as, okay, that's the problem. Let's like, you know, let's just take steps to uh, alleviate it. Yeah. And the more you verbalize it, the more you, you normalize saying it and, you know, being scared, the more fun it becomes to lean into and, and try to work through the problem. You know, I don't mean in terms of like, I'm going to go get more and more and more scared, but now I can, if I'm scared, I can say it out loud and it's a good thing and I can move move into that instead of feeling like I have to kind of cower away from it and make up some excuse. Man, I could not agree more. Like, yeah, I had an experience earlier this year. I was climbing with a buddy and, you know, I was trying something. I was just like, man, like, you know, I've been kind of thinking to myself, but I was just like, it's like, oh, going to that next boat looks kind of far and scary. And he was like, yeah, man, I was really scared when you were belaying me. You know, we both like just kind of like laugh about it. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Like, yeah, it's just like, it's normal. It's fine. And suddenly like, like even just talking about it made me so much more calm about it. Like, yeah, this is okay. Like, yeah, it, it made that whole experience so much better. Yeah, totally. But yeah, so that's uh, my last one. Cool. Well, I think this was awesome. I'm glad this one got suggested because I think our language is hugely important. You know, I'm, I'm a, I'm a person who communicates with a lot of different climbers. I like to talk through my process while it's happening. Lots of us do, you know, that's what a, any like limit bouldering session is just constant chatter about 
what's going on while you're climbing, what you think you should be doing. And, you know, all of this language has an effect on people. And yeah. And I just, I think there are some places where we could be more mindful and we could come up with better terms. Um, even if they don't affect us, like I said, a lot of these words I'm fine with hearing. I'm, you know, if someone says, oh, that thing you just did was soft. Okay, great. You know, that, that makes sense. It felt Mm -hmm. easy for the grade. So sure. Why not? Um, you know, or it felt hard for the grade. Maybe I missed something, (laughs) you know, that those things don't bother me, but I do recognize that some people take those differently than I do. And it's up to me to change that in my own language. So, so yeah, we could all do a little better. So why not try to? Totally. And, um, we are, as of the beginning of 2021, we are giving an extra board meeting every month, plus a few extra episodes to the patrons. So if you all are interested and you want more board meetings, um, They've gotten popular this year, maybe because I haven't been able to travel and interview other people, but I just looked at our (laughs) numbers for 2020. Um, Number four through number 10 are all board meetings for the year. So so people are psyched, and we're going to give more of these to the patrons because they support this thing. They make it so that we don't have to have constant sponsorships and commercials and... Um, they support us and we appreciate that and you can do that for as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com slash power company podcast so check that out and uh, find us on the Facebooks find us on the Instagrams at power company climbing and find us on the Twitter largely because people are talking about us but we aren't actually there because we don't tweet this time this time this time, 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 this